Sparkin' Conversations, a podcast for electricians, hosted by an electrician. The Electrical Association is committed to keeping electricians in the know about the latest developments in the industry. Experts will be on to help answer the tough questions, talk shop, and give tips to help make your jobs work. Hi, I'm Mike Miller with the Electrical Association. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today. Today we're visiting with Mr. Jeff Anderson from ATEC Distribution. And Jeff, uh, I had an opportunity to visit a little bit before we went on the air to talk, and you have quite a background. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. As you mentioned, I am the uh, owner, co-founder, and CEO of ATEC Distribution. We're a wholesale electrical distribution company located in Minneapolis. And I've been in this business since 1994 in distribution in general. And being able to own a business and focus on contractors and different customers locally has been fantastic. And I'm looking forward to the future and what we can do at ATEC Distribution to support the electrical industry. Well, Jeff, that, that's great. Good to hear. I'm, I'm glad you agreed to do this for Electrical Association. How we did this, just to let you know and our, our listeners today, is we developed some questions relative to the supply and demand of electrical products. And Jeff, from our visit previous to going online here, was he's had a lot of experience with that. So I'm going to ask him some very basic questions. And Jeff, the conversation can roll. We don't have to focus on one particular question. If you have other areas you'd like to address and roll, we're good with that. But we'll use this as a crux or a format to kind of follow through on it. So the, the first thing I wanted to ask you real quick, like, was as you deal with hundreds of electrical contractors, what business-healthy strategies do you see them pursuing that contribute to their success? I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing with the successful contractors is their ability to pivot from what they've traditionally felt their business model was. And as a great example, EV charging stations have become very prevalent, and that hadn't tended to be an electrical contractor focus. And because of the opportunities that are presenting themselves, those contractors that are getting outside of their comfort zone and learning new installation techniques with new products are being more successful, and they're, they're able to help their customer base become more successful. Boy, I, I think you nailed it of getting out of the comfort zone because uh, the comfort zone, everybody's in a comfort zone, like to stay there. And I think the idea of jumping out of it uh, certainly is going to contribute to success. I like that answer. So the next thing, just to run by real quick, like is what advice can you give members of our group today on methods of dealing with poor availability of electric goods to complete projects on time and without monetary loss? I think the biggest thing that the the electrical contractors can work on is getting out of their, their comfort zone again when it comes to uh, not being so brand specific and not being so distributor specific. And what I mean by that is if a, a certain brand is out of a wiring device, for example, there are other brands out there that have a good form fit function replacement for that. Be able to pivot when you can't get the job done because the primary supplier doesn't have the product. If you're able to finish that job on time, you're most likely going to be under budget and you're most likely going to be profitable. It doesn't always mean you have to use the same folks that you've always used in the past. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think that concept of getting out of your comfort zone has a lot of weight. I've seen contractors in the past that are just very comfortable doing one form of work. And I think they're capable of it, but they found such a comfort zone that rather than take a chance, you're going to stay in it. One other comment you made, I'd just like to question, that is the fact that you say, uh, not be so complacent with one brand and move to others. Do you see in this conditions, what we're all experiencing right now, availability of product. Do you see where engineering, where oftentimes an engineer job will call out a 
specific brand of switchgear, luminaire, or even device, do you see a engineering firm being a little more flexible or are they still pretty tight on, on spec in one brand or one product line? What I've seen actually is the specification is now always having a suitable substitute or alternate that they would like to review. And I didn't see that in the past. And I believe they're doing that because they know they're in certain circumstances. They may not get this product from their preferred manufacturer in the time allotted for this job. So by allowing us to provide alternatives, they can vet them make sure that they meet all the requirements of the job and they can use those. In the past, that wasn't the case. I think everyone has to do that now if, if they want to meet the deadlines. Well, I, you know, I, I, I got to agree 100% with you because I, I visited with other contractors that have had dilemmas where engineers say, well, we want this brand, uh, no accepted alternates. And that really puts a dilemma on the contractor until such a time as the contractor makes an announcement says, I can't supply it when you need it. Then I think it's it's moved them to shift to providing a product that is readily available, at least available within a reasonable amount of time. Good point there. But uh, what impact do foreign markets have on the supply chain for finished electrical products, including light fixtures, switch gear, and copper? I think the biggest thing that we've seen now is just the raw materials that go into the components that make up the system. And when you have issues with whether it's labor, the products being developed or, or produced in a, in a country that has issues with COVID, the issues that they have with transportation, if the markets in other countries are, are heating up and they're using more material than they had in the past, it all impacts us over here. And we have to be able to understand that and, and work around those issues. A good example, everyone talks about uh, the, the component, this isn't in our industry, but the, the chips that go into the vehicles. And you have vehicles that are very, uh, not high-end, um, just normal priced vehicles that a chip that is less than $5 is causing the car to not be produced and rolled off the line. So if you think about that and then you think about that in electrical products and what goes into an LED fixture and the driver and the components that go into that, all of that will negatively, unfortunately, impact the supply chain. Because of that, I'd just like to stretch that question one, one more paragraph, if you will, and that is, do you see a dramatic shift to stateside manufacturing choices, even though at a little bit more money rather than relying on overseas suppliers? I do. I think that there, and not even just stateside, but with Canada and Mexico, there are more facilities that are coming online and it does take time, but there will be more more choices. There will be more options. It'll be closer. It won't be coming across the ocean. It'll be within North America. And it, like I say, it does take time for that, but I think that's the only way we're going to solve the problem to meet the needs that we have here locally and nationally to continue to build the country and, and support the infrastructure and support uh, you know, all the projects that are that are waiting that have been put on hold because of uh, of COVID. Boy, that is so true in my mind that it, it just it boggles the mind to consider exactly what isn't being done that could be. And man, it, that supply and demand thing, it, it's a shifting tool. You know, it's something that the, the college professors would always tell us that always be prepared for the future. And we just looked ahead three or four months, <laughs> two or three years. Wow. If one had a crystal ball, we could certainly do very well. Well, let's take a look at the next thought I had. And that's uh, what emerging technologies do you see that electrical contractors have to prepare for to meet the needs of the customers in the next few years? I think the biggest one, and it has to do with the renew whole push for renewable energy sources, um, EV charging stations have, have kind of been a fringe electrical need and not very pronounced when it comes to new construction or when there's renovations of multifamily facilities or, or retail space. 
Nowadays, it seems everyone wants an EV charging station, whether it's for their tenants or for the, the folks coming into the retail stores. They want a few EV charging stations in their parking lots. Not traditionally something that electrical contractors dealt with, but I see more and more that's a need, and I think it's just going to continue to grow uh, over time. In addition to solar, I think uh, a lot of times that was a separate field. You'd have solar installers and you'd have electrical contractors. I think they can they can do both. And I think there's going to be a demand for it. If you're if you're going into a facility, whether it's a new construction facility or you're renovating that facility, and you're already there with your crews and you're working inside, why couldn't you put the panels on the roof? An electrician has to run the power anyways. Add it to your repertoire and, and be more to those customers. You know, it's good that you say that because I've dealt with and talked with contractors in my tracks through the, the Woods and the Electrical Association that are actually promoting that substantially. They're, they're giving them a big deal and say, hey, look, you got to get this put on. I mean, it's going to cost you twice as much to do it later. And it's certainly, I think, substantially contributed to being ready for it. Uh, not to the extent that you and I electrical people would like to see, but I think for a, a big part of it, it's actually already occurring quite a bit, which is really pretty nice. When you mentioned solar, of course, that just excites me to know that at some point in time, it's projected that, uh, and you know, I, I, I read a lot and I see this and I say that people are saying, you're eventually going to get rid of your meter on your home. And I thought, oh, impossible. Sure. There's people that have done it already very successfully. And, and if it can be done five years ago and still successfully using the same, almost the same equipment, minus a few upgrades and code changes, it's actually very viable that it wouldn't happen. And it excites me. And I think that the electrical uh, people listening to this, if you're electrical people, be aware that the horizon is so there and, and it's got so many options for you to pursue that the sky's the limit. And that's good. I encourage people to get into it. I guess this is kind of a an infomercial from the standpoint of, gosh, I really want to see people get into this trade because it, it's, I, I think it was you prior to our discussion today, or uh, as long as electricity's around, I'll always have a job. That's correct. Yes. You know, I mean, you think of what you're going to do without electricity. I, it's past our days, but without electricity, we're in trouble. Well, the good news is the renewable energies are creating electricity. Big so, time. <laughs> we're we're always so going to be needed. It, re it really is. The Electrical Association goes to great length to support membership with quality training. If you had to pick an electrical topic to focus on for training the electrical contractors and employees, what would it be? I will always defer to safety. I think that every person within an organization is a safety manager. Uh, they need to understand how to be safe themselves, keep the people that they're working with and around safe. The distribution industry is has many vendors who have a number of products, whether it's arc flash, resistance clothing, whether it's lockout, tagout, hard hats, gloves, whatever it might be. The more that we keep the employees safe, the, the more profitable the businesses are, less downtime, and everybody needs to always be thinking safety. Well, Jeff, you know, you're right on with that concept of safety because I think a lot of vendors that we've visited with do sell safety products, but don't really necessarily support the training so much that goes with it. We at the Electrical Association, of course, provide a 70E class, but it's distributors such as yourself that go the extra yard to make sure that that training is part of the, the sales, so to speak. And I, I really appreciate that. So that is something that for those listening today, training and safety is top notch. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but your employer by the standards established in 70 as electrical safety in the workplace is responsible for you coming home tonight safe in one piece. That, that's the rules. It's not an option. So safety on, on Jeff's behalf, I, I really appreciate your, your active involvement in that. And it really makes a difference for electrical workers, I believe. 
in electrical wholesaling, what markets seem to be the steadiest at this time uh, regarding industrial, commercial, residential, institutional, agricultural, and why? So far, I've seen a lot of work and projects that have come back. They might have been mothballed for a, a year due to the COVID, but institutional educational facilities, high schools, colleges, relighting and retrofitting, I've seen a lot of activity in those markets. And then I've also seen an uptick in government work. The amount of money that has been put into the economy to help stimulate the, the growth of the economy, a lot of that is going towards construction projects. And it's federally funded, and most of it goes into federal buildings, uh, VAs, you know, place street uh, work, state and local street and uh, municipality work. So I've, I've seen those two more than any others tick up during this time. That's great. You know, one other thing we discussed prior to going on this morning here was the fact that uh, the infrastructure bill that the massive spending that the recent administration just agreed to engage in, I think it's going to create jobs as well as, like you say, the tremendous amount of the construction and upgrading our infrastructure. Very important elements in our economy, and I think it's going to make a big difference. Do you have a plan to compete with the online material vendors as far as prices? You know, it's very difficult to compete with with online stores. One of the things that we focus on and that most of our customers appreciate is the ability to provide a solution. Online stores provide a product. A lot of times that product is part of a system and you need to have some education around how they fit together to make that system work. We compete with our ability to help train and, and provide knowledge to the contractor. And we focus on the ability to say, yes, you can buy that from that online store, but do you also know there are four or five ancillary products that go with that to make that a complete system? Do you know how they go together? Are you able to get them all and, and have them all work together from the same source? Most likely you're not with an online store. So we, we try to provide more of a handhold, I wouldn't, shouldn't say handhold, I would say handoff of product and knowledge to let them install and do the project correctly. Boy, that just makes boatloads of sense to me. I think it's a support that rings true for me. And I, I, I'm not a online buyer if I don't have to be, but boy, the support is worth its weight in gold. Well, Jeff, it looks like we're almost out of time. I'd, I'd like to thank again Jeff Anderson for being our guest today, uh, representing ATEC Distribution Incorporated here in the Twin Cities. Uh, Jeff, it's been my pleasure. Hope you have a great day and a great Christmas. Thanks, Mike. You as well. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Spark and Conversations is a production of the Electrical Association. For more information, visit www.electricalassociation.com.